Welcome to the Power of the Cross. Now, here's part two of our interview with evangelist, Dove Award-winning singer-songwriter, Gerald Crabb. I remember the last time that you were with <clears throat> Revival, you told about the depression that you went through, and so many people are going through that these days, and mm-hmm. it's, it's hard, and a lot of people seem to be, I had a lady tell me the other day, just in despair, she's like, I just feel like I'm in despair, I don't know what to do, would you pray for me, and I said, absolutely, and I thought about you immediately, you know, none of us are immune. No, that's a good, that's good you brought that up, really, because you're right, there's a lot of people struggling with that. Yeah. You know, I get tickled to these church people. Boy, they've got the you know the ironclad answer to everything. Mm-hmm. Well, just don't accept it. You know, just rebuke it. Just quote the scripture. Uh-huh. Well, I had open heart surgery three years ago. I went into depression. You know, oh brother, don't accept it. Just rebuke it. I did. I quoted the scripture. I did everything that you're supposed to do to be super spiritual, and I still had depression. I had no reason to have depression. I've got the best wife there is. Debbie is a sweetheart inside and out. Greatest cook in the world. Keeps my house so clean you could eat off the floor. Everything in my drawer, my socks are folded, but I'm treated like a king. I have no reason to be depressed. I live in a wonderful home. We have a beautiful back porch we can sit on and drink coffee. My grand, I have 16 grandchildren. They're all healthy. Um, kids are all saved in church. I have nothing. To, I don't want for nothing. God always provides, take care of me, write songs, and get them recorded as quick as I get them wrote. But I went, to, I went into depression and battled it, and it was horrible. I would go, uh, you know, I'd be sitting around just, just start crying. <laughs> and Debbie said, what's wrong with you? I was like, I don't know. You know, she's like, man, I'll be glad when you get through this. <laughs> it was horrible. It's just like a woman saying Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah. When you said that, I, I, you know, every time I hear somebody speak of that, uh, there's a lot of things in the world. And I, I'm not saying that people don't have the heart. Pastors have the heart to see people get victory. But it carried me back to Colossians 2 and 6. You receive Christ Jesus the Lord, therefore walk in Him. And, and we have to depend upon Him every day in our daily walk. It doesn't mean it's easy. It's not a magic no. wand you wave over your life. But He's our strength and our portion. Well, you got to. And this is what I had to do. Whether I'm depressed or not, I'm saved. Amen. This too shall pass. <laughs> you know, I can't I can't just crawl up in the corner and, and give up and say, Well, here I am, I'm depressed, I'm just gonna die here. I went ahead and preached. I went ahead and wrote songs, I went ahead and sang, I went ahead and functioned, even though I'd stop and start crying every once in a while. I just when I got over it I'd and I to make a long story short, I was in Oklahoma in a revival and depressed getting ready getting my suit on tie on all slicked up ready to go depressed man I was so depressed I like I don't want to do this got my car and drove depressed all the way there during this praise and worship I was depressed sitting there waiting for him to call me up to preach depressed somebody said you get up in the pulpit depressed I sure did Instant in season and out of season. I was out of season, but I let them have it anyway. <laughs> Depressed. Now, this is how God works, though. When I got through preaching, gave an invitation, people came up for prayer. 
the Lord spoke to me and he said, now I want you to call everybody up here tonight and pray for them that's going through depression. I'm like, oh, yeah, right, Lord, rub it in, you know. <laughs> First one that needs it's me, I'll just. <laughs> so I prayed for all these people. And there was this little black lady that came in behind me and laid her hand on my back. And she began to pray for me, and she began to pray that that would lift. She had no idea. And it lifted, and that's been two years ago, and I've never been depressed since then. That's wonderful. No matter what you're going through, depression, whatever, just keep loving Jesus. Keep living for the Lord, and you'll get through it. He'll get you through it. And when you get through it, you'll be stronger than ever. It's like that song you wrote, Everybody's Got Some Things. Yeah. Isn't that the name of the song? Yeah. Yeah. It's true. No, I like that song right there, but I've never sung it out. But I do. That song says something. Everybody's got something they'd like to leave behind. That's the truth. I've got a lot of them. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not in that boat alone. We can talk all day on all of our. Yeah, Lord Jesus. That's for sure. But it's encouraging to know that. As my husband said, somebody of your caliber would go through a depression. You would think, oh, they they would never be depressed. But a lot of times, you just don't show it. You don't, you know, you put the smile on and you go preach and you do what God called you to do. You got to. Yeah. Charles Spurgeon, they said, was depressed through his whole ministry. Wow. Oh my. They said one of the greatest preachers ever known to man, Charles Spurgeon. But he kept doing what he's called to do. Yeah. Uh, something that, that I seen recently in the news, and, I, and I've got to ask you. I'd like to hear it from you. Uh, but I, I seen one of your signs in the Capitol building, and with, with what this nation is going through, that was something really symbolic to me. That was something I, I believe the Lord that was showed up there. Would you share that with us? I, let me say this first. Mm-hmm. The Lord has been really good to me and my family. As I said a while ago, we came from very humble beginnings, uh, struggled to make a $70 a month car payment. You know what I'm saying? I mean, but I knew we was called, and I knew God had a call in our life. And I used to always tell my boys, I'd say, you know, if God ever gives you the opportunity somewhere, hit it over the fence because they was really into ball and stuff you know and that's i always told them that hit it over the fence and they always you know it was like when god would open those doors they would make good of it you know they would like you know god's opened this door for me this is my opportunity and god has blessed them kids i've seen you know just out of the blue john hagee calls aaron my one of my twins and like, I need a praise and worship leader. He didn't put application in for it. He spent five years there being his praise and worship leader. Uh, Adam, I mean, he's he sings with, he's a lead singer with uh, Bill Gaither, the, the Gaither vocal band, uh, which is, I mean, people stand in line to just get an application to sing in that group. He didn't put an application in. Bill called him and asked him, would you be interested? And, and I mean, and then here Jason is. He sung at Billy Graham's Last Crusade. He was there. He said when he walked out on stage, it was like Moses walked out on stage. I mean, the, the awesomeness. And then Adam sang at Billy Graham's funeral. Wow. And now here the other day, here's Jason at the White House. And somebody's like, well, this is Jason Crabb here. Would you sing for us? 
So he started singing, I'd rather have Jesus. <laughs> and the glory came down. Amen. So then it turned into a praise service. And uh, Jason said, you know, when they begin to sing those praise and worship songs, just praise to God. He said the Holy Ghost fell. And he said people were prophesying and laying hands on each other. He said it was like revival just broke loose there in the White House. Wow. Now, isn't that awesome? God finds a way to get in whether they want him there or not. Oh, my God. Well, you know, the fellow, I don't know his name, that was that was a hostage that was released, he was there. It's just amazing. It's, it just blows my mind. God I, shows up. He does show up. And you can't put limits on God. No, no. He definitely makes a way where <laughs> there seems know. to be no way. That's, that's a true statement. That's the truth. And you don't know where he's going to put you. No, he'll put you in situations that you didn't think you would ever be in, but yet he can use you in such a mighty way. You don't know where he's going to pop up, honestly. Every week he's like, you ain't going to believe where I'm at. Really? I mean, it's just crazy. Thank you for listening to The Power of the Cross. We pray this message is a blessing to you. You can access our sermons at GrenadaChurch.com. We also ask for your financial support in helping us reach the world with the gospel. You can donate to our ministry by secure means at GrenadaChurch.com and click donate. That's GrenadaChurch.com and click donate. Now back to the message. I just thank God that they're letting God use them and stuff like that. And I think I got right, Jason, since we're on the subject. uh, I'd like you to share uh, with the people the uh, nonprofit going for Beverly Kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, would you share that with us and what, what's going on? I am very privileged to be with a, an organization called Families First of Mississippi okay. and the Family Resource Center of Mississippi. And it is a uh, social uh, organization that is to strengthen the family. Every aspect, education, drug addiction, alcohol, uh Whatever, anything that strengthens the family structure to keep the family together, better jobs, better provisions for the kids, and I feel very blessed to be a part of that. And uh, there's a, there's a minister who is over. They have a faith based ministry, uh, part of the organization, and his name is Stanley Huddleston. And Stanley found out that there's a lot of kids here in Mississippi that sleep on the floor every night. They'll sleep in a closet, mm-hmm. or they'll find some a pile of clothes and lay on them, and that's how they sleep. And it really touched his heart, and he started a ministry called Beds for Kids. So we have really gotten involved with that, and uh, what we're doing is uh, I'm over putting the concerts together, and uh, we're having free concerts for people to come. Don't cost a dime to get in. But Jason, does, he's done the last two concerts. He's getting ready to do one in Olive Branch. Most of, do you have the dates on those? That's December the 13th okay. in Olive Branch, Mississippi, okay. First Baptist Church. Okay. The address is 9155 Highland Street, Olive Branch, Mississippi. Now, the admission is, is free. There's no admission. We're going to receive an offering. But... Um, what we ask people to do instead of bringing, you know, getting a ticket or paying f- to get in is bring like comforters for a twin bed or mattress protectors. The last concert we brought 
uh, pillow slips, sheets, and and they brought a lot. So we're you know pretty stocked up. We even had the last concert we had. We had families come that had received beds, and it was one family with three kids. And this little boy, he just kept saying, "I love my bed." Huh. And I'm telling you, man, it just like squeezes my heart because I got a good bed. You know, I got a memory foam mattress, and <laughs> I, and my, I, you know, I'm I'm to the age I look forward to laying down at night. You know, <laughs> and I can't imagine a little kid laying on a hard cold floor. So to see that little boy talk about how much he loved his bed, but in a year he's he's provided 130 beds for kids. That's awesome. You can call 662-404-6030. That is 662-404-6030. I know when you were talking about traveling uh, with the Crab family, and you gave a testimony of one time that God had asked you to crawl across the front of the church. Would you share that with me? Let me see where I start. <laughs> <laughs> This was really in the early stages of us going out and singing the Crab Family. I was pastoring in 1995 in a little place called Philpot, Kentucky, and it was my favorite church. I mean, it was it was such my favorite church. I mean, I loved it so good that I stayed there three years. Now that was a miracle for me because I didn't <laughs> stay nowhere that long. But we had started the church and. It was it was great. I loved it. It was just here was my prayer. Here's how we started the church. I said, Lord, send us the people nobody else wants. And boy did he ever and we <laughs> packed the place out with them and you talk about a great church. But anyway, uh the Lord laid on our hearts to take our ministry beyond those four walls. So we began to travel and the Crab family was launched by me preaching and the kids singing. We did revivals. That's what launched our group. And so, uh, you know, we'd go to small churches all over the country. Well, one time, we had this old bus we had bought. It was We paid $15,000 for the bus. You know what a piece of junk that was. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't have no air conditioner, no heat. It uh, Nothing inside. We had build bunks and stuff. But anyway, it's like the Beverly Hill buddies headed down the road. <laughs> so one night, one day we pulled in the parking lot of this beautiful, beautiful facility. And I'm like, we're at the wrong place. <laughs> so we go check and make sure the address is right. And sure enough, it was. And it was, it was, a, it was probably seat 800 people. We had never sung anywhere that big before. And, uh, and this guy's like, y'all come on in, you know, we've been waiting for you. And so we unload all of our stuff. All of our equipment was junk. My speaker boxes I had made out of plywood. And, I mean, we was, we was poor. But anyway, we loaded all this stuff up, and we did a sound check. And we were so excited about it. And that night, man, we got up there. I hadn't written any songs then. We were just, just getting started. So we would sing other songs that... We sung at church and stuff. So we get up there, and the place is pretty well full. So we get up there, and we sang, and we sang. And, and honest to God, it was the deadest church I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> they just sat there with arms crossed, you know, just looking straight ahead like mannequins almost. So I remember the girls. I remember them 
I mean, we sung every song you could think of. <laughs> nobody moved. I, I don't even think they clapped their hands when we get through, you know. just So I remember the girls. They was like, what's wrong with us? They was crying because, I mean, they didn't understand what was going on. And I said, oh, nothing wrong with us, you know. <laughs> so uh, the pastor, you know, we sang everything we could and sat down, and the pastor got up to take up an offering, and I'm supposed to preach after the offering. <laughs> so I'm sitting there thinking, my Lord, this place is dead. <laughs> if they sit there that way during singing, I'm talking, you're singing a song 100 mile hour, Jesus on the main line, and nobody's moving. You know, how are they going to respond to preaching? So I'm sitting there, and the Lord said, crawl. Huh. And I'm like, crawl? <laughs> like, man, hey, nobody else doing nothing like that. <laughs> and here they're, they're taking up an offering. And uh, he said, get down on your knees and crawl. And I was like, Lord, I... I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'll, tell, I'll just run around the building and <laughs> praise you. How's that? And he was like, no, crawl. So uh, during the offering, they're you know telling about, you know, let's receive all of them for these family. And I get down on my knees. I was like, okay. You told me crawl, but you didn't tell me I had to look at anybody. <laughs> so I looked straight down at the floor and took off crawling. And honest to God, it was like, it was like a hurricane hit the place, and the Spirit of God just started moving in the place. And during an offering, people started coming to the altar to get saved. People wow. were falling out in the Spirit. It, I didn't get to preach. The Holy Ghost just absolutely took over. And we had church out there about midnight. And... Uh, the Lord really taught me a lesson there. He, After it was all over and everything was quiet, he spoke to me and he said, it ain't about you. <laughs> and, you know, I felt that. And then he said, it ain't about your crab family either. He said, it's all about me. Wow. And so I, I never preach that I don't say that. Lord, it ain't about us. It's all about you. Because that's the truth. Amen. And he... Uh, he showed me what humility was all about. It, it's it's not just a false. You really get humble and get where God wants you. Things can happen. Amen. And I and I learned something that night. It ain't about me. Thank you once again for listening to the Power of the Cross. Our desire is for you to grow in the knowledge of the Lord. We have a vast library of teachings on our website available for free download. Go to GrenadaChurch.com and click Sermons. If you have questions or prayer requests, go to GrenadaChurch.com and click Contact. Now, back to the message. Now, this this may apply local for our local radio stations, but uh, you know I've got to bring you some, a common thread we have with Brother Newcomb. Now, a lot of <clears throat> maybe people listening, they won't uh, know who Brother Newcomb is. But he's the common thread in how me and you met. Uh, would you share with me the time you went over to his little trailer? I, that, that's always impressed me, and it, I, I, it just it speaks volumes to me. Indirectly, I almost met Brother Newcomb for several years, but it never happened. You know, even a lady, my pastor that I had in Kentucky when I lived there, she would tell me, "There's this man in in Mississippi. You need to meet him." 
because they had known each other for years. But it took years to finally meet him. But I finally met Brother Newcomb, and he was just super, super guy. C.H. Newcomb. C.H. Newcomb. Cleston is what Cleston. Sister Peggy called him. I miss Cleston. <laughs> and for those listening, if you just picture in your mind a little bit, maybe a young Elvis. That's what he looked like. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure in his day, man. He was a... <laughs> My wife said he was a good looking man. Yeah. So <laughs> mine did too, Debbie. They had, he had that olive skin and that full head of hair and just, and believing, I mean, he was a sharp dresser. Yes, sir. Man, he 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 believed in wearing them uh, uh, Joseph A. Bank suits. You know, he, <laughs> he he was a sharp dresser. He was a pastor to Charles. He was he was incredible. But anyway, here I here I am at his house, and he's showing me around. He got him some sheep, you know, up there behind his house. <laughs> he got a little golf cart, and he's got this and that, and he's showing me all these buildings, and he showed me this little old camper. And he said, now that's where I pray. And I was like, well, let's go over there. And we looked in, and right there in front of a little chair, it seemed like our couch or something, I looked down, and there's knee prints worn in the carpet where this man of God prayed. And I've never seen anything like that in my life. I don't know anybody that's got knee prints in their carpet from praying. And I've never think, met any of those people. And to think of all the places you traveled. Oh, my God. And you've never seen that. So uh, then, I mean, it even make it better than, I mean, it just got better from there, honestly. I thought, this guy's my hero. <laughs> I want to be just like him someday. <laughs> Didn't you write a song about him when I he did. went on with the Lord? Old friend, I'm going to miss you. Amen. Um, so I rode to church with him that night. My wife, Debbie, she rode with Sister Newcomb. And Sister Newcomb told Debbie, she said, boy, he's brave to get in the car with him. <laughs> <laughs> and she was right. Boy, he just weave all over the road and they talk. <laughs> but I remember as we drove into, uh, to, um, Char- no, what's the name? Is it Charleston. As we Charleston. drove into Charleston, right before you get to the car washes there, there's a little storefront church. And I remember asking Brother Newcomb, I was like, Brother Newcomb, now what kind of church is that? He, You know, with that humble voice, he said, I don't know, but they're doing a good work for God. <laughs> I was like, wow, what an answer. And then we drove on up, and there was another one. I said, well, what kind of church is that over there? You know, just carrying on conversation. I don't know, but they're doing a good work for God. <laughs> and I just, I really fell in love with that guy. We really became great friends. We talked at least two or three times a week. Uh, he told me one time, he said, you need to quit wearing them old cheap suits. <laughs> he said, you need to get you them, them Joseph Bay Bank suits. I said, Brother Newcomb, you've got to get them offerings up a little bit. <laughs> now, I, I know this. I don't, Probably not many people know this, but I know that Brother Newcomb gave you suspenders. He did. You wear them all over the place, though. He gave me a, a brown pair of suspenders, gray, black, and navy. And I wore those. Never got in the pulpit without them. Yeah. Um, and they were a special kind. They had the little thing in them that would, where they wouldn't come loose, you know, the little pin in them that would snap on your pants. <laughs> he was a special guy, man. And then one day, uh, here they come. To Ripley, Mississippi, they they pull up in our driveway, hmm. 
Hmm. And he's carrying in this bag, and I can read on the outside of the bag, Joseph Bay Bank. Oh. <laughs> he brought me a new suit for Christmas. Oh, wow. It was my first Joseph Bay Bank suit. How me. If there are more people in the world like that, <laughs> then the world would be a better place. He was, he was just absolutely incredible. Wow. And boy, when I... When she called me and told me he died, it was it was like I, I took it as hard as I did when my dad died. I mean, it was just like my dad. She said, "Brother Newcomb's gone." I was like, "Good Lord!" But his name, you know, his what he left behind still lives on. Oh my God! You know, you said something to me. We was over there uh, after he passed, and I remember coming over to that church over there in Charleston. You were ministering. Yeah, I'll never forget this. You looked and you looked at me and said, uh, "You reckon uh, Brother Newcomb would like to come back here?" And I and I looked back and said, "No, nah, he won't come back." <laughs> no, <nothing." laughs> nope. My goodness, I tell you what, the uh, stories we could tell, the the things that we could relate to you all would just be for days. I know, but we have had a wonderful time. Visiting with Brother Gerald Crabb. You can go to GeraldCrabbMinistries.com. Uh, if you want somebody to come preach the paint off the walls, he's your fella. Yeah. We'll and thank you for joining us, and I, I truly appreciate it. And uh, Many years the Lord allowed us to be together, and I hope we see many more together. And I, and I appreciate everything you've done. Well, let me say this. I thank God for our friendship, and I thank God for you, that you're the real deal. And you don't just go along. I'm heartbroken by what's happening in ministry today. You know, people's lost their focus of what real ministry is. And they're they're trying to win the world with the world. And we've discussed a lot of that. But you're still, you still go back to the good book, the way it's done through the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the blood of Jesus Christ, the cross of Calvary. And I thank God for men like you, and I really do appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. And I want you to be encouraged to stand and and be not weary in well-doing, but we'll all reap if we faint not. The reaping day's coming. Yes. Just keep pressing on and doing what you're doing. This is Pastor Wilson from Power of the Cross. We would love to hear from you. You can drop us a line with your questions, comments, and prayer requests at P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. Again, that is P.O. Box 2441, Grenada, Mississippi, 38902. Or you can go to the internet at grenadachurch.com and click contact and there you'll find a secure form to message us or you can just simply email us at radio at grenadachurch.com. God bless. So many times I've questioned certain circumstances and things I could not understand many times in trials weakness blurs my vision then my frustration gets so out of hand oh but it's then I am reminded church I ain't ever been forsaken I ain't never had to stand on test alone When I look at all those past victories The spirit rises up in me And it's through the fire My weakness is made strong
not get happy And the hill would not be hard to climb He'd never offer victories without fighting But he said hell would always come in time Just remember when you're standing In the valley of decision and the adversary says, give in, just hold on. My Lord will show up, yes he will. He'll take you through the fire again. I know that in myself that I will surely perish, but we're not in ourselves. If I trust the mighty hand of God, He's gonna shield that flame again I know he's gonna do it again He never promised That the cross would not get heavy And the hill would not be hard Not be hard to climb He never offered Victories without fighting He said hell In the valley of decision And the adversary says 